What's the difference between contentment and scarcity in your ministry setting, and how does that impact day-to-day operations and long-term initiatives? Pursuing God-honoring responsible stewardship in governance, financial accountability, and fundraising. Welcome to the Excellence in Ministry podcast from ECFA. Welcome to another Excellence in Ministry podcast. I'm Vonna Lau, Executive Vice President at ECFA. Today I'm joined by Scott Rodin. Scott has served nonprofit organizations for nearly 30 years. He's led training and fundraising, leadership and board development, and strategic planning to organizations across the country and around the world. He's an author and speaker, and while I could tell you much more, I think I can sum it up by saying he has a heart for the Lord, a heart for ministry, and the desire to serve ministries well. Scott, thank you for joining us today and being willing to share your insights on a topic that you are passionate about. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Vaughn. It's always an incredible privilege to be able to work with ECFA and to, and to share with your listeners. So thank you for asking. Absolutely. Well, let's jump in. When I reached out to you about joining a podcast, I left the topic open and you replied right away that you're writing and speaking a lot right now on the topic of what it means to have enough and contentment as it relates to our finances. And I responded that if you could contextualize that for ministries, I was all in favor. And so here we are today. So let's jump in and have you start by addressing what it means to have enough in our organizations. Nothing like starting you off with a great big topic, right? That is a great big topic, but it's a wonderful topic. Thank you. Um, I think I'd start out by saying that um, just asking the question puts us in a unique group of people. I don't, in working, we've been working with nonprofit organizations now, as I said, for about 30 years and with leaders across a broad spectrum of the Christian nonprofit world. Um, and it's, it's not a question that I'm hearing asked very often. Um, what does it mean to have enough? Part of the reason I believe is that we, we live with this, um, we call it kind of this, um, uh, uh, this, this unstated presupposition that growth is the only real definition of success. That if we're not constantly getting bigger, broader, raising more, expanding, doing more facilities, bigger programs, if we're not, if we're not somehow always getting bigger and bigger and bigger, we're not successful. And with that as a, as a backdrop strategically for how we do ministry, then why ask if we have enough? Because the, the only real reason to ask if we have enough is to say, do we have enough to, to fund everything we want to do? And then, then it's not enough. Because as soon as we fund what we want to do, well, now we've got to get bigger and we've got to grow more to be successful. It puts us in this perpetual state of, of um, discontentment. And, you know, the world, if you go to the secular side of, of our life or the, or the worldly side, um, the world is all about discontentment. Our, a, lot of our, um, a lot of our economy is based on continuing to develop within us this perpetual state of discontentment. Another way of looking at it, the word I like, we like to use a lot, is, that, um, is, to, is to have us believe that we're in a scarcity mindset, that I never have enough. And so I'd ask your listeners, you know, how many times in the last week or two have you finished a sentence that began with, I don't have enough blank. You know, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough retirement. I don't have enough close friends. I don't have enough courage. I don't have enough education. And it just goes on and on and on. We, we live our life in this gap between what God has provided for us and what we believe we need to have 
to be content. And the gap never closes. That's the, that's the trap. That's the enemy's trap is to make sure that that gap always stays there so that no matter how much God gives, no matter how much God provides, we look at what he has given us and our response is, it's just not enough. So there's a question we're throwing back to a lot of nonprofit leaders to say, what would it, what would it look like for you? What kind of a budget would you have to have? What kind of a strategy, a program, a set of outcomes, a key metrics, whatever you want to, however you're measuring success? What would you have to have to look at and go, man, this is enough. This is enough. Um, and most of them would never, they just can't answer that question because there's always more that they want to have. And here's kind of the point. This is not an anti-growth idea, but uh, uh, let me just put it this way. You can take two leaders of nonprofits and one leader can be looking at the future and have a big vision for expanding their ministry and growing and doing all kinds of new, wonderful things. And they can be doing it from a platform of a continual, gnawing, nonstop sense of never having enough, of always needing more, of never being content, of, of, um, of coming out of this sort of a striving approach to ministry that we've just constantly got to be doing more. You can have another ministry leader who has a wonderful, great vision of expanding and growing their ministry and doing great things with it, but they can be operating from a platform of having deep contentment in what God has provided. They can look at their ministry and say, wow, we are so blessed. Thank you, Lord. This is enough. We are, we are content as a ministry. And then God says, in that contentment now, I've got some new things for you to do. And so with kind of joy and anticipation of what God will do, they just they, they have a vision for expanding and growing just as much as the first one. But they're not striving. They're not coming at this from this constant sense of having to always get bigger and better or they're not succeeding. It's two very different understandings or visions for how you take an organization forward. Um, and I just believe that the, the biblical concept is, is Psalm 23. I mean, Vana, you and I read Psalm 23 a million times in our life. Well, maybe we not really a million, believe. but close to it anyway, right? <laughs> okay, close to that, close to that. Um, and, and do we really believe, can we really say honestly, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And that's one of the ways you can interpret the Hebrew. I have no want. Um, that to me is, is that place of standing before the Lord and saying, you have provided. I have prayed. You provided the resources. I am content. I have enough with what I have right now. You are my shepherd. I have everything I need. Now, Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me go? What, what, where do we go from here? And he'll always open up new things and send us in wonderful new directions, but we do it as people of contentment, people who understand that when God provides resources, he gives us what we need to do the work he calls us to do. And then from there, we'll call us to new ventures and new heights. That's, that's, the, that's kind of the, um, uh, the, the dynamic that we're working with and trying to help Christian ministries define that idea. Let me just say one more word, and then we can go on to some other questions. But uh, really, what we're finding is the underlying question is, who defines what is enough? And that's kind of kind of comes the rubber meets the road right there. Who actually defines for your ministry what is enough? And I just believe that as long as we do, our boards do, our leadership does, um, th then we're then we just get caught up in, in this enemy's desire to get us on the treadmill. If we go to God and say, Lord, provide us the resources that we need to do the ministry to which you called us. And when he provides those resources, we say, okay, thank you, Lord. 
this is enough. This is enough. Now we're going to invest these with the best of our abilities to do the greatest ministry possible through your power and your blessing, and we're going to do it through contentment. Very different ways of looking at our ministries and the resources that God's provided. So that really leads into a, a question. It seems to me, from what you've said, this is really a tone-at-the-top issue, and that the board um, helps set that tone uh, because otherwise you get kind of out of whack. If you've, if you've got people in the organization that feel like this is where we need to go, we need to be content, but mm -hmm. those above them mm -hmm. in leadership or even the CEO's got the board kind of hovering over them with that, we need growth, and that's mm -hmm. the definition of, of success, uh, would you agree this really starts with board governance and then strategic or long-term initiatives need to reflect this enough mentality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you you are absolutely right, Bonna. Um, a CEO can have this passion in their heart, but if they have a board that is continually measuring their success on these sort of worldly measurements of always getting bigger and greater, no matter really what God is providing or what God is saying, um, we can get caught up on that treadmill and you can't, you can't get out of it. I mean, it's got to start with the board. And I would say the board and the CEO being of one mind of saying, you know, we're stewards of this ministry. We're not owners. This is God's. So why don't we figure out what God wants us to do, how much God will supply our need, um, and, and grow this according to God's agenda and not ours. And sometimes, sometimes that means that you have a couple of years where growth is not, I mean, numerical growth or growth of size or whatever is, is not what drives you. It might be going deeper. It might be um, uh, reinforcing things in your ministry. It might be our, doing R&D in some new direction. Um, but if we're real stewards, then we, then we step back from this franticness of always having to do, 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 do to prove ourselves and to be successful. Uh, that steward approach is a board's responsibility. So we really need steward boards and not owner boards, uh, boards that can take on that and say, okay, this is, you know, we're just here temporarily. This isn't our organization. This isn't our ministry. We are temporary stewards of something that God is doing. Let's figure that out. Let's be faithful to what he's calling us to. Let's know that he'll always resource his work. So what he provides us is enough to do the work we need. Let's go ahead with a real sense of peace and contentment in the work that we do. So yeah, it's all, it's all about, Board maturity, board training, board governance, all of that is a, is a huge part of this. And then that comes out in the strategic planning, which would be kind of mm -hmm. mid to long term planning. So what's it look like mm -hmm. when you funnel that down into day to day operations? How does this impact throughout the organization on a day to day basis? Yeah, well, um, let me first start out by saying it starts at the top and does it goes, you know, it goes downward because we leaders model for their organization the way in which um, the culture, if you will, of the organization. So to me, it's creating a culture that celebrates God's provision. And all the way across the board, it's looking at what God has provided. And the very first word is celebration. And let me just share a really quick scripture with you, because this is something literally a week ago that I, I came across that has so challenged me, but, but it fits this whole paradigm. And again, it's a story we've read all of our lives of the feeding of the 5,000. But, but when you read carefully what happens is that Jesus, you know, after, after um, he asked the disciples to feed everybody, and they go, I can't feed anybody. All we have, right, are a few loaves and fishes. And Jesus takes them, and what does he do with them? 
I've read this and I just it never dawned on me to, to stop and think about this. Jesus takes this this pitiful little tiny bit of food for this what 15, 20, 25,000 people out there, um, and he gives thanks. Hmm. And that's all he does. He just says, Thank you, Lord. In other words, he's saying, This is enough. Thank you for this provision. He doesn't say, oh, God, we, we have such a need here, and I don't know what to do, and please bless us. We need a miracle. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do what a lot of times we do when we pray at times when it doesn't look like our resources are going to meet our need, right? Um, he just says thank you. And then he puts them to work. Thank you for this, Lord. He starts feeding people with it. And God does the rest. Um, I just wonder what would happen if all the way through our organization, if it starts with the leadership and it goes to the next set of people, all the way down to, to whoever's, every person in the organization, if their first response to a budget, to an opportunity, to resources is to just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this provision. Uh, this is enough. This is enough. We're going to take this that we have and we're going to invest this. Um, and again, it, it's creating an abundance mentality and a culture in an organization. And it goes all the way down. It goes into volunteers. It goes into your, your financial partners. It goes into the clients that you serve. It, it will impact the entire organization if there is that sense of contentment, celebration, thanksgiving, and gratitude for what God has provided, and then a passion to be a steward to invest it really wisely. Say thank you, and then put it to work. It seems like that creates, in the culture that you talk about um, a spirit of joy instead of a spirit of fear, in essence, within the organization. Oh, amen. Absolutely. And fear, you know, fear is that great, that great fruit of discontent. Um, you know, we do a lot of work with, um, I know we call them millennials. Uh, I don't blame them for not liking the label. But, um, and one of the, what are the attributes of that generation, and frankly, generations even before them, uh, is this idea of, of fear of missing out. You know, you hear this FOMO word all the time. And it's this generation that believes that no matter how much they do, they look around to the people around them and everybody's doing more. Everybody's getting more done. Everybody's got a better job. People are getting married and I'm not married. People have kids and I don't have kids. People you know, have gone to Europe. I haven't gone to Europe. They, they see all this stuff on Facebook and, and in other places. And it, it, there's, a, there's a generational angst that we're missing out. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not achieving enough. I'm not... I mean, all this stuff, and it's this massive discontentment that's in our spirit. And you notice the word that they use to describe it is fear of missing out. And that fear is the fruit of of this heart of discontentment and this striving to try to get there. And, of course, you never do. So it is. It's an organization that sets aside the fear of striving and a spirit of discontentment and embraces the joy and the peace of investing God's resources in an abundance culture that really believes that God supplies enough to do his work. So let me have you maybe recap what you've said, but just very succinctly, how do we know in our organizations what is enough? If we believe that God supplies our needs and we believe our plans are according to his plans, then we plan we, if you will, fundraise or do whatever we do to, to, to bring in the resources. And when God supplies, for what God supplies in those resources is what we invest in that ministry. And it may call us sometimes to rethink. It may be 
tenfold more than what we expected. But what usually happens is if we have a goal and somehow we go out and do our fundraising and all of our work and then we come in 5% short, uh, let me tell you a perfect example, you know, working with the church that had a, they, they set a, a goal of a million dollar budget for a year and they worked really hard at it. Um, and they ended up raising like $990,600. It was, it was like, it was like, it was $15,000 short of their million dollar goal. And you know, you know what the result was? It was despair. People were going, oh my goodness, we didn't make it. What are we going to do? And we had these plans for this extra money that we didn't bring in. And, and I just, and I said to them, folks, I, there's a church down the road. And I, if I go down there and I say, here's the deal. I'm going to give you $995,750. <laughs> do you think you can do effective ministry in this area with that budget? And they would blow away. It's like five times their budget. Of course they could. The point is, there's enough in that budget for us to do what God calls us to do and to do it incredibly well. Maybe we rethink some things. Maybe we retool some things. Maybe it gives us an opportunity to step back and, and take some new directions. Uh, maybe it's 20% more than what we were thinking, and now we've got to look at that and say, how do we steward this extra? Um, but the point is, if, and, and this is what it comes down to, Bonner, for me, and it's in my personal life as well as my ministry life. Um, if I believe God's promise that he will provide all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, if I really believe that and I trust him to be my provider and I do my very best work to do the things I need to do to, to, to bring in resources, to do fundraising and biblical principles, all the rest of that, and then resources come and I look at all those resources. Can I really at that moment look at those resources and say, God didn't provide enough? It's just not enough, Lord. I'm sorry. You just didn't cut it. Um, wouldn't I rather say, look at this and say, okay, Lord, this is what you've provided for this work at this point. Now help us be great stewards and put it to work in the most effective way possible and just bless the socks off this ministry and how we use this. And those who are faithful with a little will become faithful with, with, you know, with much more. So enough is simply defined as that which God provides us to fund the work that he's called us to do. It sounds to me like there's an intentional um, focus on differentiating between contentment and discontentment to just really be mindful of it um, in what God provides. Yeah. It absolutely is. It's a, it's a, it's a heart thing. And it is the source again of our, either our fear and our stress and our anxiety and our discouragement, or it's the source of our peace, our contentment, our joy, our ability to really do, you know, do things and, and work for him. Um, and that's really what we have to come to. And I just want to say one little word here before, before we get down the road and close. There is such thing as a holy discontentment. And I just want to make sure that we're clear on that, because I do believe that there are part, places in our life where we need to always be, to some degree, discontent. For instance, I don't ever want to be content in saying, I am following Jesus as closely as I need to. Um, I want to have peace in what I'm doing, but inside I always want to have that hunger and thirsting after righteousness. I always want to come closer. I always want to know him more. I always want to be more committed to him. I always want to be more surrendered to him. So there's that, that thirst to be able to grow in our faith and our trust and that whole spiritual side of things. Um, and and we, there, there's sort of that sense of never being totally content because we know he wants us to come closer. But it's not but that discontentment, the fruit of that is not fear and discouragement and stress. The fruit of that is, is an excitement to 
to walk with him more closely and to give yourself more fully to him. And it's a love and it's a passion for Jesus. So it's okay in that area to have that discontentment that just always calls us closer to him. But when it comes to the, the, the kind of the rest of our lives, discontentment just works in us. Um, bad fruit. And I think it sends us down the wrong path. Um, I just would love to have the Christian nonprofit world find a place of absolute contentment and joy and thanksgiving and peace with what God has provided and then invest it to their very best abilities and trust God for, for the increase. Excellent. Well, I'm going to recap some of the points that I've pulled out of here. And then while I'm doing that, if there, you know, is an example of how an organization has has changed, or if you think that I've missed any of your key points, I'll give you the opportunity when I when I'm finished here to make sure and include those. So a couple of things that I took away. And actually, let me clarify, not a couple, because there are a number of them here. One of them is that we tend to look at growth being the definition of success, and that leads to us thinking, I don't have enough of whatever that might be in our ministry. And that's really contrary to kind of the the enough mentality that we're looking at here. Another one was just the reminder for all of us about stewardship versus ownership. And I think that's something for us always to be mindful of because there's a significant difference in those two concepts. I also uh, just looked at the culture that we can have in our organization that celebrates God's provision. And I like how we talked about that and, and just the difference that that will create between joy or, or fear in an organization. Uh, and then to have uh, enough being, you know, what God supplies is what we invest in ministry and taking from the feeding of the 5,000 story, just say thank you. I love that. I think that's such a great reminder because we do. We've got goals and metrics and dashboards and budgets and so many measurements in our ministries. And trust me, I'm a CPA. I love measurements. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Those are great things. But to really stand back and look at what God's provided and just say thank you and look at it from a stewardship perspective of, okay, God, this is what you've called me to be faithful with. What do I do with that? So that's, that's my takeaway, my recap from this conversation. What have I missed or what story would you like to just kind of wrap this up with that would finish us off well? Well, you've done a beautiful job of recapping it. I'm not sure there's a whole lot that I can, that I can add to that. Um, it, you know, Vaughn, it really does come down to this, again, this whole decision we make every morning. And I really do believe that when we wake up in the morning, we make one um, one decision that will drive everything we do for the rest of the day. And we don't make it consciously, although I think we should. And that is that constant, that, that, that decision of whether or not I'm going to live this day from the viewpoint of a steward or an owner. And that I can, I can, you can, you can look at categorize every single thing that happens to you the rest of the day and your reaction to it and your attitude toward it and how fundamentally it is impacted by that one decision that we make every morning. Um, stewards are set free and uh, the, the abundant life that Jesus called us to live I believe is the life of the faithful steward who can look at all of life and say this is yours Lord it's not mine so show me what you want me to do tell me what you want me to do how am I to live um, you've given me these resources Lord thank you this is great you're the owner so how do I invest these in what you do 
what a different life when the person that gets up and is the owner and needs to control things and has their identity all tied up in what they do um, and has the wrong definition of success and is out there just striving and striving and constantly has to look at what God provides and say, oh, I wish there was more. If only I had, if only I had, if only we had this, if only we had that. It's two dramatically different ways to live. And, um, and I just commend your listeners to start their morning before they even get out of bed and just think about the totality of their life and every relationship and everything that God has in front of them and just say, it's all yours. Help me to steward it today with freedom and joy. And then I think they'll find that they have enough. That's a great reminder personally and professionally in our ministries. This has been a great discussion. Scott, thank you so much for your time and for joining us. Uh, A reminder to everyone, there are a variety of resources available on governance, fundraising, and finance topics, including eBooks, webinars, and documents in the Knowledge Center at www.ecfa.org. And if we can be helpful in any way, just call our office or email me at vana at ecfa.org. Thank you to each of you for listening today. We look forward to being with you again soon for another Excellence in Ministry podcast.